Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to After the Fact. Uh, hello, good evening, and welcome to After the Fact, the weekly trivia quiz game here on Claremaris Community Radio. I'm your host, John Nolan, and thank you for joining me this evening. Tonight's quiz is the second in our now fourth series of After the Fact, and this year, as everyone who's listening last week will know, the theme of each night is a year, and this week's year is 1963. So we'll have a selection of questions to do with or about or featuring things that happened in 1963. Now let's go and meet the teams. It's a very high-tech night here tonight. If anyone was watching on the webcam, they would see literally just myself and Andrew and, of course, Clancy the Robot Scorekeeper. Uh, But everybody else is away in Cyberland. We're Skyping a go-go here tonight. So... I'll say hello to the one person in the room. Good afternoon. Good evening, Mr. Andrew Newman. Hello, John. And I'm so happy to be back. This is, I'm feeling nostalgic. So I am. It's all nostalgia. Great to be back. Let's go meet the rest of the team. So Andrew's teammate tonight is... How are you? How's it going? I'm Dan O'Malley, originally from Bal, but uh, currently Skyping in from Lucan County, Dublin. You're welcome, Dan. Thank you for joining us tonight. And across the virtual table, because the table's not here, we, have, we go straight to Galway where we meet the red team. Hello, uh, it's my coin. What do you do? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Who are you anyway? Uh, I work at the School of Law in NUIG. And I'm Michelle Coyne, sitting right beside him, and I work in IT and I'm also a writer. We are very pleased to have you here, Mike and Michelle. Uh, very handy that you could be a family unit, could be in the one place, mm. so you could just gather <laughs> around the microphone and be there together. <laughs> yeah. Romantic. It's, it's quite... It's so, yeah. <laughs> Quizmantic. <laughs> That's it, yeah. 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 That'll work, John. So, uh, let's go and meet the final member of the team who is actually here in the room tonight. It is, of course, Clancy, the robot scorekeeper. Good evening, Clancy. Hello, everyone. I'm sure nothing will go wrong tonight. Nothing at all. There's a vote of confidence if ever we heard one from Clancy. I, okay. missed, I missed that voice. <laughs> I'm sure he's missed you too. Right, let's move it on to round number one. We started with the blue team last week, so we're going to start with the red team this week. Round one is our multiple choice round. I will ask the person a question from the team. If they can give me the answer on their own, they get two points for their team. If they choose to confer with their teammate, though, they only get one point. Any wrong answers, we'll see it offered across for a potential one-point bonus. So which of the red team would like to go first? Okay, we'll stay consistent. Uh, go, I'll go first. Brave, brave Mike Coyne leads from the front. Okay, are you ready? On the, June the 3rd, 1963, Telefish Aaron closed down immediately after the 9pm news bulletin as a mark of respect to the memory of whom? You've got three options. They are A. Bulmer Hobson B. W.T. Cosgrave or C. Pope John the 23rd so the question boom, 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 boom. again. Okay, so anyway, bad radio when you, when you don't say anything, so I'm just going to think aloud. Um, <laughs> Are you taking it on your own? 
I'm taking it on my own, I think. Yeah, I'm okay. taking Bunt. It's a multiple choice anyway. So yes, so you've got Bulmer Hobson, W.T. Cosgrave, or Pope John the Twenty Third. I'm going to go John the Twenty Third. Two points for you. That's exactly right. He passed away that uh, on that day. Okay, across we go to Blue Team. Which of you guys would like to go first? I nearly had a fun fact about him, but never mind. He uh, nearly uh, had a fun fact. Yeah, it's, it's a bit morbid. <laughs> Nothing says fun fact like a morbid fact, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll go first, John. Andrew, okay. Go, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan concurs with that. Thank right, you, Dan. Okay. Andrew. Mm-hmm. In March 1963, six people were sentenced to death for conspiring to assassinate French President Charles de Gaulle. Ultimately, only one of them, Jean-Baptiste Thierry, was executed by firing squad. This assassination attempt is chronicled in detail in which otherwise fictional 1971 book? Okay. So is it A... You sound like you... You're, I don't actually know, so carry on. A, The Day of the Jackal. B, The Flight of the Phoenix. Or C, Six Days of the Condor. I'm going to confer. You're going to confer with your teammate, Dan, because for one point. I've okay. a feeling... But the, the the first one, the day, Dan, are you with me on this one, Dan? Yeah. The first one, yeah, the day yeah. of the jackal. That sounds familiar to me. That's the only one that sounds familiar to me. But it the does, and are, it's a movie I've seen a few times. I saw it again recently, and it's yeah. I mean, it's a fictional movie, but the plot of the film and the book, I suppose, mm. is about uh, the attempted assassination of De Gaulle. So I presume right. that must be it. Okay, okay. That's helpful, isn't it, Andrew? Isn't it? Well done, Dan. So, what's your answer, Andrew? A. A is correct for one point. Yes, indeed. The Day of the Jackal by Frederick Forsyth. Cool. Okay, we go back across to Michelle on the red team. Michelle, your question is music related. Okay. The song with the title, December 1963, brackets, Oh What a Night, was a hit in 1975 for which group? Was it A, The Three Degrees, B, The Four Seasons, or C, The Dave Clark Five? I'm not going to confer because I know this one. Yes. It's Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Is correct. Two points. <laughs> Nicely done. Mike had ultimate faith in you there. I could feel it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we go across to Dan for the last question of round one. Dan, several African countries gained their independence from the UK in 1963. Which of these ones did not? A, Nigeria, B, Kenya, or C, Zanzibar? <sighs> Oh, this is tough. This is tough. Two of those three Hmm. did gain independence from the UK in 1963, but one did not. Do you want to take this on your own to gamble or do you want to confer? Uh, I think I might confer because if I guess, it's just a pure guess. And Andrew, you might have some, might be able to rule out one or two. What do you reckon? I don't think it's Zanzibar or the second one, John Moss. So the options again, Andrew, are A, Nigeria, B, Kenya or C, Zanzibar. Well, yeah, because so Nigeria, there you're was a... the one that was not 1963. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah, so two of those three got their independence in 1963. One of them did not. Which one did not? Dan, do you remember there was in Nigeria? See, Nigeria is really four countries in one, and they just called Nigeria mm. to be nice and <laughs> to be polite. Yeah, and uh, but there was a part of Nigeria that had a civil war around that time, wasn't there as well? Began with B. That's right, Biafra. Yeah, yeah. What was it? That was, I think, was it maybe in 1960 thereabouts? Yeah. So it, it would fit, I suppose, with 1960. If they're having a civil war in 1960, yeah. maybe it led to independence three right. years later or something like that. So we would go so, to Nigeria. Um, this yeah, is your call, on, actually. This is your call, actually, not my call. 
No, go on, so. Sure. Nigeria. Nigeria. Nigeria is actually the correct answer. Well done, Lance. Yes. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah. Teamwork. Yep. So that's a point for you there. Uh, Nigeria had gained independence before 1963. Mm. Uh, but the other two, Kenya and Zanzibar, both gained independence in 1963. Right. Okay, that's the end of round one. Well done, everybody. Let's pop over to Clancy and we hear how the scores stand. Blue team two points. Red team four points. Okay, so it's a four points to two lead for the red team. Right, on we go at round two. Round two is our connections round. In this round, uh, the teams will be faced with a question with two facts. If they can tell me there and then what the correct connection uh, is, they get three points. They can, however, request a third piece of information and then ultimately a fourth if they need it. But the points available will be two and one respectively. Any wrong answer will immediately send it across the table to the other side who will get all four piece of information for a one-point bonus opportunity. We go with the team that's trailing. That's the blue team. Andrew and Dan. Okay. Here are your first two piece of information. Question one. A Christmas gift for you from Phil Spector and Tony Mowbray. Tony hey, write this Mowbray. Down, does, does, uh, go ahead. Uh, Tony Mowbray, though, does that ring any bells with you? Not a clue. Neither, neither are a clue a for me. I, so, yeah. A yeah. Christmas gift for you from Phil Spector yeah. or Tony Mo- and Tony Mowbray. Tony Mowbray. How do you spell Mowbray, yeah. John? He's uh, M-O-W-B-R-A-Y. Hmm. I don't think we're going to risk a guess on not, this. No, I'm not only I'm one not, of them. So yeah. maybe I know for the is, but the rest of it, no. Okay. Well, I'll give you a third piece of information mm. for two points now. A Christmas gift for you from Phil Spector, Tony Mowbray, and C.S. Lewis. Oh. Hmm. So, what do we know about C.S. Lewis? Obviously, Chronicles of Narnia, born in Belfast. Um, I mean, I think he. Did he die? He, he died in 1963. I think he, he did. didn't. He famously die same same day as yes. John F. K. Yes, or Jeff K. Rather, yes, he did. He did. He did. He did. So, mm. is it possible that it's November 22nd, the, uh, the date November 22nd? For, I mean, that Phil Spector record. I presume yeah. it's a record. Yeah. Maybe that came out the same yeah. day. Yeah. Is that possible? That sounds correct. And Tony Mowbray, I have no idea what that is, but this, <laughs> but C. S. Lewis definitely died, and Arthur definitely died the very same day as. Yeah. As, and nobody even thought about it. So I think it has to be that, November 22nd. Will we, will we try, a, try an old guess? Yeah. Right. Okay, so we'll guess that they have things that happened the same day as John F. Kennedy's assassination? Phew. Correct, for two points. All right. Yes, the answer I was looking for was November 22nd, 1963. Uh, guess what the fourth uh, piece of information okay. would, it would have been, John F. Kennedy, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector, famous Christmas album, was released on that day. Okay. And Tony Mowbray, a former professional footballer and current Blackburn Rovers manager, oh. was born oh. on November 22nd, Right, across we go. Red team, are you ready? Okay. We are. Your first two piece of information are ZDF and The Littlest okay. Hobo. Okay, so The Littlest Hobo... Yeah, is a dog. <laughs> Littlest Hobo, I think. I don't place. know what ZDF is. Littlest Hobo, what do we know about him? So he was played by a dog called London, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that's true. We could take a that's point. That's very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Littlest Hobo, that was potentially, possibly premiered in 1963, if we keep with the theme of the uh-huh. quiz. But when, I don't know. Yeah. So if it's a similar question to what the blue team got, I think 
yeah. we're not there. Whatever ZDF is, it does kind of sound like, kind of sounds like a... It's either a drug or a band. Or a band, <laughs> or potentially a political party, an African political party. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why that's the first thing that came to my head. Zanzibar. Zanzibar, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to get it no, with two. I think we need info, a third. Sure, piece. okay, so we go ZDF, The Littlest Hobo and General Hospital. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing because I had no idea either. So okay. So okay. So we don't know ZDF is. This is also a TV show, General Hospital, and yeah. I have a feeling that maybe again was another 1963. Yeah. Will we will we yeah, we sure. go. We just say that these are all TV shows that premiered in 1963. That's good enough for me. Yes, indeed. Okay. It, What's uh, ZDF, John? ZDF is, I'm um, surprised you didn't know, Zweites Deutsches Fenchen, which is uh, <laughs> oh, our Fernsehen. It, it is a Funny. channel, a, the public service channel in Germany. German, yeah. ZDF. Oh, okay. And that premiered uh, in early you pronounce that 1963. Yeah. Well, Andrew, I'll, I'll defer to you on the Germans. Sorry, carry on there. Uh, the Little Tobo did indeed start in 1963, as was General Hospital. And the fourth clue, which you didn't need was a certain BBC uh, science fiction long-running oh. TV program. Okay, Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, uh, fun fact. That premiered the night... Is it better than the fun fact about the Pope? Yeah, that is premiered the same night premiered as... Same, same night 22nd November. as... November uh, uh, 22nd as well, wasn't it? No, day after. Day after, November 23rd. Yeah. I thought it was 22nd. I had, no. And I had fun fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact defeated, Andrew. Fine. Back we go to Andrew and Dan. Right, okay. Carlo Mario Franzero. And Roddy McDowell. Hmm. She can't be 65, 55, or whatever age she will be. I don't know. Confused now. Carlo well, Mario Franzero and Roddy McDowell. Oh, Roddy McDowell. <laughs> oh, Roddy McDowell. <laughs> Roddy McDowell. And Andy. <laughs> this is like the Friends episode. Boy, <laughs> Romanica gets the wrong haircut. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a 1963 connection because the only thing when I think of Rodney McDowell, I think of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but that was a few years after well, 1963. So what was he? What was he in exactly? Yeah, what was he in in 1963? I have no idea. And then who is this Carlo fella? Uh, Carlo I'm, Mario Franzero, probably another footballer, a racing driver, or something. <laughs> Said with such dismissal <laughs> in your voice. Yeah, my <laughs> deep voice. I don't know. I think we might have to go for another clue. Yeah, we, what we, do you think? We will. Yeah, I'm not even writing these down. By the way, Dan. So, <laughs> all right. You know, here comes your third piece of information. You've got Carlo Mario Franzero, Roddy McDowell, and Rex Harrison. Hmm. Rex Harrison. So, my fair lady, Professor Higgins. Oh, again, that's a little. Oh, oh, yeah. right. Wasn't that 1963? So, my fair lady. Um, was it? I can't be sure in the year. I mean, it was 1960, certainly. I think it was 1963, John. John, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, either it's something specific, like they were all in a film together, My Fair Lady, or something else, or could it be something a bit more general, like they were all, I don't know, nominated for Oscars that year, something like that? Because the last two, obviously, Ronald Dell, Rex Harrison, they're actors. So maybe Carlo is an actor as well. Probably. Yeah. Just a thought. I mean, I'm clutching at straws oh, here. Oh, God, yeah. Um, mm. So do you want to take a punt or do you want to play it safe and go for another clue? Oh, let's go for another one. All right. Yeah. Here comes the fourth and final piece of information. We've got Carlo Mario Franzero, mm. Roddy McDowell, Rex Harrison and Elizabeth Taylor. Okay. 
So it's not my oh. fair lady then, right? So that's that's a, no. That, that's a no. So glad you didn't say that. So were they all nominated for Oscars in 1963? Well, I, again, going back to the idea that it might be the, the same movie that they were in. Yeah. Now, Cleopatra, that was a big movie, and I think that was 63. Obviously, he starred Liz Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it, no, I've never seen it. Is oh, it possible wait. all the rest of them were in Cleopatra as well? Burton, her husband at the time, Burton, was in that. Uh, Richard Burton, yeah. he was in it. See, I don't know who else was in it. Yeah. So it is, it's a risk, unless you can think of another plausible guess. I can't really. But that sounds logical enough to me. So we'll go with that. Hey. Cleopatra. All right, let's go with that then. They were Cleopatra. all in Cleopatra. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Phew. Yes, just uh, obviously, as you said, uh, the last three names, Elizabeth Taylor, Rex Harrison, Rodney McDowell, all actors who appeared in Cleopatra. And Carlo Mario Franzero was the author of the book on which the film is based. Okay. Okay, final question of the round goes back across to uh, Mike and Michelle. Ready, guys? Yeah. I've got Puerto Rico and 305 metres. Ah, John. <laughs> well, now, one of you has been Puerto in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. So oh, yeah. Head start, actually, the way this has fallen. So, Puerto Rico, 305 metres. I'm surprised you was like, a dead herring. <laughs> And the wig. Nico <laughs> <laughs> Mantoya. I have um, I just got the foggiest. Oh, anything about Puerto Rico? Did it like explode? Was it, it didn't explode. It didn't explode this year either. <laughs> but did it have did it was it given the its status of a territory? When was I that? Don't, I don't know how that would I should know that. You were there. I, I was there. Um yeah, I can't nineteen sixty three. Um, Literally, I have a notion. What? What's not? What is? It's like three hundred and five meters. Is that like? Is that? Does that translate to anything else? Because mm. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking if they trans both translated to something else that you could, there could be like songs or something. I'm mm, yeah. totally clutching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally we clutching. we need another another clear. Sure, no problemo. So now we have Puerto Rico. 305 metres and Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Well, oh, well, oh. No. Oh, you know, Goldeneye. Isn't there a scene in Goldeneye with, in that big dish? Oh, yes. What don't you have? Yeah, so, so there's a huge um, Observ- obs- ob- observatory. The, te- what's, it, what's it called? The, uh, it's electrostatolite? Satellite? It's a big dish. Not, not, a big dish, you know. <laughs> Looking yeah. at the stars. So does that's in Puerto Rico in one of the Ar- rainforests. In, Ar- in... Arabo, isn't it? Arabo? Ar- 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 yeah. Something like that. So there's that. This is great uh, so that's in Puerto Rico. So we're trying to link it back to 1965 now. I'm so guessing it opened. It's, I'm guessing it's 305 metres in diameter. That's my guess for the 305. And Goldeneye, there was a scene shot where he's... There's, Sean, it's yeah. all around it. Yeah, Sean B. It's all around set. There's lots of Dies stuff again. there. And Spoiler. there was also a, wasn't there a music video shot there? Oh, I have no idea. I think, I think we're going to play that. Like, okay, we're going to play that, 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 um, Ariche? Aribo, um, uh, satellite dish was opened. <laughs> Or hmm. installed. I was completely wrong. <laughs> no, you you're completely right, but you haven't given me the. I'm. I'm what are you looking for? Try again with the name. Name is. Yeah. Uh, any other? You know, a 
Uh, a reach. Dan, you're listening. I will. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be generous. Oh, I'm going to be because they're very close now. It's the um, Arecibo or Arecibo Observatory. Mm. Spelled A. Arecibo. Arecibo. There we go. Arecibo. It did open in 1963 in Puerto Rico. Okay. I didn't know. I with its 305 meter wide dish. Okay. It featured in, as they said, the film Goldeneye. Did it? The Pierce Brosnan and James Bond movie. All right. And uh, the final clue, which we didn't get to, was the SETI project, which is based there, which is, of course, oh, right. the search okay. for extraterrestrial life or mm-hmm. intelligence. What, what, wasn't there um, a, a screensaver you could get in the 90s that used to use some of your processing power? For SETI. SETI at home. I believe that's still on. That's still around. Is it still around? When's the last time people used screensavers like that? Okay, well done, everyone. That's the end of the round. We'll go check the scores with Clancy and then we'll take our first ad break. Blue team five points. Red team eight points. So it's eight points to five lead for the red team. We will be back in just a couple of minutes' time. Please do not go away. Welcome again to the second part of this week's After the Fact. Questions all about 1963. After the first two rounds, the red team, which is Mike and Michelle Coyne down in Galway, are on eight points. And they are three ahead of the blue team, Andrew Newman and Dan O'Malley on five. We go on to round three now. Round three is our audio round. In this round, teams get to hear a piece of audio and then... We'll get a point first off for giving me the title of the song and the artist performing it. I want both for one point. And then two subsequent questions based on it. We, again, will start with the team that is trailing, which is the blue team. So, blue team, here's your first piece of music. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Yep. Okay, so for one point, please identify that piece of music and the artist. Do you know him, but uh, because I, I, I don't. I, I know the the song title for sure. So it's Twenty Four Hours from Tulsa. Okay. And the artist, I would have a stab at Gene Pitney. I wouldn't be a hundred percent sure on it, but Fair enough. unless I, unless okay you're a better guess, let's. Yeah, that is correct. Yes, indeed, Gene Pitney with 24 Hours from Tulsa. So that's right, a point of view. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Now you've got two subsequent questions. The first of those, which famous songwriting duo was responsible for 24 Hours from Tulsa? Oh, I do know that. Um, luckily, I had a CD with a load of their songs on it, uh, including that one. So uh, Burt Bacharach and uh, Hal David. Correct. I knew it was Burt Bacharach, but I didn't know there was a th- another guy. Okay. So that was uh, back in 1963. It got to number four here in the Irish charts. Mm. Gene Pitney's only number one in the Irish charts came 26 years after this song. With whom did he duet on a cover of his own 1963 hit, Something's Gotten Hold of My Heart? So he redid it as a cover, as a duet with who? Hmm. Yeah, I think I do remember that one because it was one of the, probably the most unlikely song duets right. of the era. Wasn't um, Dustin, no. Mr. Mark Almond from Mark Almond is correct. Who? <laughs> I said Dustin. I like Andrew's Dustin. That was that would have been radical. <laughs> well done, Dan. 
right, well done, Dan. There, Andrew. Well done, Dan. I did. Round, yeah. Well done, Dan. That team worked. Well, <laughs> it's all you, uh, this one, because I'm I listed dead people. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cross we go on that bombshell. To Red Team, here comes your first piece of music. Okay, so for the point, uh, the song title and the artist performing, please. Oh, is that Cupid? No. <laughs> I'm looking for the two I piece could, of animation. We don't know, so I was thinking, oh, it's a go, Cupid. No. I, I, I don't know. Okay, okay. Um, who does it sound like? I know. Try and get the artist. Do you want to? Oh, is this, is this one of these that you could pass over, John? So uh, yes, punch they, anyway? it will be passing over to those. Take a punch anyway. So, what, who does it sound like? I know. Stop, Andrew, now, please. Stop Andrew. <laughs> I'll hunt you down, Andrew. <laughs> you just have to get in the car. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit of a drive. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. We listened to Sam Cook before, but. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just say Sam Cook, even though we know it's not right. And the song title? We're going. I don't know. Cupid. We're going to say Cupid. Brackets draw back your book. I have just uh, played the wrong noise there. I'm sorry to say. So across we go, Andrew and Dan. Potential one point bonus. Yeah, it was Sam Cook, all right? But um, do you know the song, Dan? Because I'm not sure. I the don't song. know the song at all. I'm afraid. Yeah, I don't know that particular song by him either. But I, I recognise his voice straight away. And I'm not sure of the song, so I can't help you there, Johnny. Okay, so I will put you out of your misery. That was another Saturday night by Sam Cooke. Oh, okay. Ah, so we got the we got the artist right. You did. Yeah. You, did. Ah, you did. Not too bad. Two okay. questions uh, on that for you, Mike and Michelle. First of them, Sam Cooke's biggest hit here in Ireland came in 1986, when one of his most famous songs reached number four in the charts. Name the song which had just been featured in an ad for Levi's jeans. Oh. What's the 1986 Levi's jeans? Yeah. I don't know. What about the... um? So the, what's the Levi's jeans? I think of it's the guy taking off his jeans, going putting it in the washer. But is that 1986? Oh, I can't think. It's around. It's not suiting no, us. No, it's not suiting us. We don't know. Okay, you're passing that over. Um. All right. Jen. I have a theory. Yeah, you tell me yours ahead. first. You know, you tell me yours first. Go on. Um, I think it's the song. Um, don't know much about history. That one is that. that I'm trying to think him. of the name of it. What a wonderful world! Something or just wonderful world. One of those. What a wonderful world it can be, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Oh. <clears throat> Giving you that. That wonderful world is what it was called. Yeah. Okay. And red team, not suiting you so far. Oh. So let's see how you go. Final question on that. Sam Cooke's daughter Linda, born 1953 went on to have a significant recording career of her own, scoring several major hits, the most notable being Teardrops. This was a duet alongside her husband. What is her married surname? So, okay, so off the top of our heads, we don't know. So uh-huh. famous Linda singers, Linda Ronstadt, the first one that came into my head. Go on, play it. We'll go with Ronstadt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid the wrong noise has been sounded. So across we go. Uh, another potential bonus for the blue team. What's called again the song? Mm. Teardrops. I've heard of that song. 
and it was by uh, this Linda, born Linda Cook, under mm. her married name, duetting with her husband. What? Can you tell me what year that was? Uh, off the top, no. Off the top of my head, it would be mid-80s. Right. He was killed. Doesn't he ring mur- any bells at all. And he was murdered in 1964. That has nothing to do with this question. I know. but uh, um, <laughs> Just dropping that in. But uh, uh, I don't know. Can you think of any other singers, Linda singers? I mean, all I can think of is Linda Martin. Obviously, it wasn't her. <laughs> well, we'd have heard no, it's not impossible. Yeah, we you know. heard that. Uh, I, I don't know, Dan. And I, 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 when I don't know, I just don't know. And there's no point in thinking about it. Okay, then I'll tell you, uh, since yeah. you think no one's going for that. So, Teardrops was the biggest hit in the chart career of Womack and Womack. Obviously being made up of the married couple, Cecil Womack and his wife, Linda Womack. Okay. What's so Womack okay. is the answer there. I'm going to listen to that when I go home. Okay, back we go to Andrew and Dan for the next piece of music. Ready, guys? Yep. Here we go. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, Song the one that springs to mind, tell me, tell me if you think this is right. Um, Be My Baby by the Ronettes. That is, that definitely is it, Dan. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Yeah. That's correct. Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Okay, two subsequent questions for you. Yeah. Number one, the lead singer of the Ronettes was born Veronica Bennett in 1943. However, she's much better known by her stage name which involves her married name from 1968 to 74, which she has since kept. What is that name? Well, I don't know. Do you know, Dan? Uh, Ronnie Spector. Oh, yes, Dan does know. Yes, he Linda, does. Linda, I'm going to sit back now and you carry <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, I don't know if she's still alive or not, because I know, Andrew, you said you only listen to dead, dead people. people yeah. Ronnie Spector so. is, I'm glad to say, still alive. All right, so... so well, there you go. So, that explains it. so that's why I don't know. Final question. The mm-hmm. songwriting team that created Be My Baby was Phil Spector, Ronnie's husband, and a wife, a husband and wife team, Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich. They had a very successful 1963. Even bigger than Be My Baby, they had two top ten hits in the US, Da Do Ron Ron and Then He Kissed Me. Both of these songs were performed by a different girl group. What was the name of that girl group? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. Oh, oh boy. Da Do Ron Ron. Yeah. So think of girl yeah. groups of that era. So like the Shirelles or... I mean, it's a bit early for the Supremes, but that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Is it a bit early for the Supremes? You're, you're, you go to your thoughts because I'm clearly no use in this. I don't know. I mean, okay, I suppose 63, with the Supremes around in 63, I would have thought it's a little bit early, but mm. if you if you have an inkling it might be, then we can go for yeah. that. Oh. I'm afraid to say yay or nay because I don't really know. So, Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, so then it's on me. Uh, yeah. The Shirelles. The Shirelles. I'm afraid the wrong noise has been sounded. So, oh, no. potential bonus for Mike and Michelle. Do you know yeah. that name of that girl group who had those hits in 1963? We have it down to two. Okay. Have we? Okay. Well, we have, apparently, Mike, yes. Well. The Royal We, John. Well, oh, well, no, we don't have it down to two. Hang on. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So, there was the Chiffons and there was the Crystals as well. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was there another one beginning with D? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be generous and I'll say you have named the correct band okay. in one of your oh, two. Oh, good. So, okay. It's a 50 50 punt in the dark. No, 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 no. Um, 
Ah, uh, the crystals, because I think the chiffons were kind of, yeah, I think the chiffons were other ones. Crystals. Crystals is correct. Well done. well done. Well done. Okay, one piece of music left to go in the round, and it's, of course, back to Michael Michelle. So here we go, guys. Song number four. I saw tears were in his eyes. Okay, there you go. That's the fourth song. Wow. See, I think I know what you're doing here, John. Okay. You're kind of going, hmm, that doesn't sound that contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, here's, here's the line of logic. Yes. This, this is going to be called 1963. It's an, that's, that, that's yeah. a useful line I, I of logic. I'd love for you to do the kind of the brain of Britain thing. Of, yes, you're on the right track. <laughs> uh, um, I think just, oh, damn it, it's got that sound. Yeah, go, um, New Order. Spot on. Yes, that indeed is 1963 by New Order. Now okay. we have the problem of not knowing anything about New Order. New Order. Bar that. <laughs> don't, don't knock yourselves. It's possible you know more about New Order than you think. No. Oh, no. Two subsequent questions. Number one, New Order were formed in 1980 following the demise of which other group? Mm. Uh, yeah, I was about to say the wrong one. Who's, who's like the singer in New Order? <laughs> Um, when, um, but they what? Um, Joy Division came out. There's a similar sound. Go on, Joy Division. Joy Division. He's correct. Yes, after the death of Joy Division singer Ian Curtis, the remaining band members became New Order. You could have asked us who was the lead singer of Joy Division. We knew that one. <laughs> but that would not be in any way related to the song. <laughs> I know. Okay, go on. And number three. Despite their lengthy career, New Order have only topped the singles chart once in their native UK. They achieved this feat with which song? Um, was it them who had that ship called Dignity? Was that them? You know the one? Yeah, you're better on 80s music than at me. Oh, is it just called Dignity? Is that the one? You're, going, you're playing Dignity. That's what we're going to play. That's Deacon Blue, by the way. That's the wrong answer. Deacon Blue. Andrew just totally crashed the wrong noise. It's fine, Andrew. Deacon Blue. Deacon Blue, Blue, yes. So, passing over for potential bonus to uh, Andrew and Dan for that one. Guys, despite their lengthy career, New Order have only topped the singles charts once in their native UK. What was the name of that song? Do you have a clue, Dan? I think, so, so I do have a clue. Now, it's, it's down to two. So, Blue Monday or... And I, I, I'd lean towards this one because this is, I think, this is why John is asking it. It might be World in Motion, the World Cup song they did for, was it 1990? Oh, I, I, I well, look, it's only fair. It's a nice answer if that's the right one. It's only fair that since I did it for the other team two minutes ago, I'll say that you have named the correct answer in your two options. Thank you, John, for being so generous this time. Once. I'm only being fair, Andrew. <laughs> I'm only yeah. being fair. All right. Right, uh, Dan, I think so, you're, you're, you're more likely your thought about the 1990 World Cup song. All right, so we go with World in Motion. Correct. Excellent logic and well done. Yes, indeed. The uh, 1990 England World Cup song, World in Motion, was New Order's only UK number one. Right, that brings us to the end of the audio round. Well done, everybody. Well done. Over go to Clancy before we take our second ad break and Clancy will tell us how the scores stand. Blue to 12 points. 
Red team 11 points. Ooh, now there's a turnaround there. Right, we'll be back shortly after this ad break. Please do not go away. You're welcome back to After the Fact, part three of tonight's show, all about 1963. After the first three rounds, the blue team are now have turned the game around and are now in the lead by 12 points to 11. Blue team being Andrew Newman and Dalla Malley. Red team tonight, Mike and Michelle Coyne. On we go at round four. Round four is our simple trivia quiz chain round. In this, all trivia questions relating to 1963, you get a point for right answer. If you get a right answer, you get to keep control of the game. It means you get the next question. This can continue until you get at most five in a row correct, at which point you will have to cede control of the game, but you will get a bonus sixth point as a reward. Any wrong answers, though, we'll see it go across for a potential bonus, and the other side will get the next question. We start with the team that's trailing, which is now the red team. So, Mike and Michelle, we're going to start with you. Uh, you will have a minute at most per question. We'll have a little countdown going on in the corner. So, are you ready? Yep. I don't think the first one's going to delay you too long. Here we go. Number one. On August 28th, Martin Luther King delivered a speech on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. to an audience of at least 250,000 people. By what four-word title is this speech known? I have a dream. Yeah. Yeah, that was best or, or, you know, sounding more like Martin Luther King. Yeah, yeah, I have a dream. <laughs> Correct. Yes, indeed. Okay, you're off the mark. <laughs> Next question. Which poet committed suicide in her London flat on February the 11th, just six days after writing her final poem, Edge? Sounds like Sylvia Plath. Was it a flat or a house? She, I thought she was a house. But anyway, we'd say Sylvia Plath. Yeah. Correct. Around that time, anyway. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Number three. Who was world heavyweight boxing champion throughout 1963? Nicknamed the Big Bear, the high point of his year was the first round defeat of Floyd Patterson in Las Vegas in July. Who was that? Big Bear. Hmm. Uh, Can you name some boxers? Uh, I can name some contemporary boxers. I don't think I could name too Uh, many from the 60s. Yeah. The Big Bear, I don't know. Um. Yeah, it's annoying. Um. Make up a name. Make up a name. <laughs> Make up a name. So, who was heavyweight boxing champion name? throughout 1963? That's the question. And you've got 20 seconds left on the clock. Okay. Well, just to get over with that. Uh, yeah, Bogner. Bugner. Charles, Charles yes. Bugner. No, not Charles. <laughs> not Charles. If, I'm, if I'm giving a gag ad, I'm going to say Joe Bugner. Joe Bugner. <laughs> okay, we're going to. Uh, I'm afraid you're going to get the wrong noise. Okay, so control is going over to Andrew and Dan, and a potential bonus here if you can tell me who was world heavyweight boxing champion in 1963. Dan, do you know your boxes from the 60s? Not really. How about yourself? No, not really. So we're screwed. Well, the two I can think of from the era, Rocky Marciano. Right. I don't think that was his nickname. I have a feeling that his nickname was based on where he was from, where, Brooklyn or someplace like that. Mm-hmm. Sonny Liston would be another one. Oh. Um, well, we go Sonny Liston. But, yeah, go on, so. Sonny Liston, John. Well, now, I've been surprised before, but there, that's like, that's a... Uh, very I good, Andrew. Very good. Sonny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles, Sonny Liston is yeah. our man there. The yeah. big bear. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, you've controlled the game now, okay. and this is your question. La Planète des Songes is a science fiction novel published in 1963 by the French author Pierre Boulle. 
In the following years, it will be adapted into which major media franchise? Um, well, I suppose it helps if you know that Sange is French for monkey. Right. So, I'm um, surely it has to be Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, John. Brilliant, time. Well done. Well done, Dan. That's correct. I'm doing nothing tonight. Just my, French, my secondary school French teacher will be so proud right Sange, now. Sange, that's a good one. It's a good one to know. Monkeys. Okay, next this is for three in a row. Right. Former TD and Senator Tom Johnson died in January of this year at the age of 90. Earlier in his life, he had been the first parliamentary leader of which Irish political party? Oh, right. Oh, right. So. Hmm. Oh, Jeannie. Um, there was a load of them oh. there in the late 40s, wasn't there? Former TD and Senator Tom Johnson died in January 1963 at the age of 90. Earlier in his life, he had been the first parliamentary leader of which Irish political party? Oh, I can't remember. Would it be the Workers' Party? Well... You see, it could be one of the. It could be Workers' Party. Could be one of the smaller parties. Could yeah. be Labour Party. No. Mm. Um, like, could it even be Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, or no, Cumann no, Gael, no, no, or no, one of their former no, incarnations? No, but it wasn't there. A strange party we going to see in the nineteen forties, which is. Well, Cumann Gael wasn't that them? Yeah, was that Fine Gael? Twenty seconds left. Oh, let's go with the Workers' Party. Then, but I know we're wrong. You're going with the Workers' Party. I know we're wrong though. Yeah. You know correctly that you're wrong. Yeah. Over we go. Mike and Michelle are getting control of the game, but you can get a bonus here. Tom Johnson was the first right. parliamentary leader of which Irish political party? Yeah, brother of Don Johnson. Um, <laughs> he, we're going to go Labour. Labour is correct. <gasps> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, I was a complete guess. I didn't know at all. Just pulling names out of the air. Oh, bless it. Unlucky, guys. Right, so Mike and Michelle, you're in control. Here's your next question. The Garden Party, an absurdist play centred on the character Hugo Pludek and his interactions with communist bureaucrats, was first performed in 1963. It was written by which playwright and future leader of his country? Oh. I'm so glad we won, quite, we won it back just now. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you read the question again? No problem. Quickly. The Garden Party, an absurdist play centred on the character Hugo Pludek and his interactions with communist bureaucrats was first performed in 1963. It was written by which playwright and future leader of his country? Um, Havel. Ha, um, What's the country? Uh, it's Czech Republic. Okay, yeah. Uh, is the surname enough? Yeah, Havel is yes. the chap's name, wasn't it? Havel. Was it? Václav Havel. Václav yeah. Havel is correct, yeah. yes. Excellent. Well done. Well done. I knew that for some mad reason. <laughs> well, Andrew, well done. Jeez. Question for three in a row. Your question, Red Team. The top-selling pop record of 1963 was She Loves You by The Beatles. The second bestseller was The King's Man's cover of a 1955 single by Richard Berry. What was the name of this song? The lyrics of which tell the first-person story of a Jamaican sailor returning to the island to see his lady. June. Uh, Louis, Louis. Louis, Louis. Louis, that's three. Well done, well done. Three in a row. We've already mentioned John F. Kennedy and C.S. Lewis dying on the same day, November 22nd. Which English-born writer also died on that day? He's most famous for his novel, Brave New World. Oh. oh Brave New World is, um, what's the name? Strange first name. Um, Huxley. Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. Yeah. Is correct. Yes, that That's four in a row. Can you get the five? Here we go. 
Which team's appearance in the 1963 All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final was their last for 45 years? Okay, hang on. Hurling. That's worth 45 years would be. So, which team's appearance in the 1963 All-Ireland Hurling Final was their last for 45 years? Yeah. So that's um, uh, 2008 Waterford, John. Hmm? Waterford? Correct. And the two points. And I think the the moon has stopped spinning around the earth because Mike has just got a hurling question. Right? <laughs> I'm so surprised. Again, again, so he told me he told me who the who the who the yeah. Okay, we control about it. <laughs> control of the game goes across to Andrew and Dan. You're five points down at this point. Let's well, see. We're doing so get some well. Points on the board. Let's go. Okay, on April the seventh, nineteen sixty-three, amid liberal constitutional reforms. The Federal People's Republic of Yugoslavia was renamed the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Fair enough. Huge changes there. At the same time, who was declared president for life? Marshal Tito. Uh, Marshal Tito, is that your thing? Yes, simple as that. Well done. Joseph Braz, a.k.a. Tito. Next question. Published in 1963, Pacoon is the first full-length novel by which comic? Set in 1924, it details the troubles brought to the, this fictional Irish village as due to the incompetence of the Boundary Commission, the newly minted border passes directly through the town. Who wrote it? Oh, Jenny. So spell that for us, John. Uh, P-U-C-K-O-O-N. Published in 1963, Pacoon is the first full-length novel by which comic? Set in 1924, it details the troubles brought to a fictional Irish village as due to the incompetence of the Boundary Commission, the new border passes directly it's through the town. Pro- hardly Flynn O'Brien or whatever his name is. No? That, you, mm. you look at the author, yeah? Yes, please. Will we say Flynn O'Brien? I, I don't know, though, really. I wouldn't know this. So I don't know why I'm I mean, his name out. I, the only other name that springs to mind is John B. Keane. Is it a bit early for him? Yeah, but is, did he say I it's do, a cartoon? No, I said by a comic. Oh, comic. By then. a comic, oh, so by a... Like a comedian, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got 15 seconds. Oh, we'll go with your thoughts then, so because mine's the most likely. Oh, would you call him a comic, though? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, decision time. What's it going to be? Flan O'Brien. Just in there before the buzzer, you say Flan O'Brien. Yeah. I'm afraid it's the wrong noise for you. Uh, Offering it across to Mike and Michelle. Do you know who wrote Pacoon? I, I know nothing of it, but. The two, the two, sorry, the 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 title just kicked Spike Milligan right into the front of my brain for some reason. That is correct, oh. Michal. Well done. Oh, thank God. The first book by Spike Milligan. I did not know that. Well done, Mike. Okay, you've got the next question. In 1963, which politician stated as part of the speech marking his inauguration as governor of the U.S. state of Alabama, "Segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever." Who said that? Oh, that was a delightful man. Um, uh, Alabama. Yeah, uh, Governor, did you say, John, was it? Yes, in 1963, which politician stated as part of the speech marking his inauguration as governor of the US state of Alabama, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever? If it's a guy I'm thinking of, I think he ran for election a few times during the the, the 60s for higher office. Uh, George Wallace. Yeah, it's correct. I had that too. Next question. Originally recorded by Anita Carter, Ring of Fire became a huge hit for country singer Johnny Cash in 1963. In a significant change to Anita's original version, claiming he was inspired by a dream, Cash added a horn section 
featuring musicians playing in what music style? Hmm. Hmm. A horn section. <laughs> cycle through the song here. Oh, yeah. Musical style. It's um. Can you hum it? No, you won't hum it. If you can hum it, you'll probably get the answer. Yeah, you, yeah, that's you it. Possibly yeah, um, it's um, it's kind of um. Like mariachi. Kind of uh, this, yes, it's a uh, yeah. That's Mexican. Mariachi. Mariachi. Yes, mariachi. Yes, the word. Yes, the word. Andrew is here, annoyed, punching the air wrongly yeah. every time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Glad I'm motivating you, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> okay, for four in a row. Which NASA space program, which began in 1958, finished with a successful flight on May the 15th, 1963? It's the one. Oh, well, hold on. Afterward came Gemini. Because um, that was two people. Um, um, Mercury. Uh, project. Um, yeah, Project Mercury. Correct. Four in a row. And potentially for another five in a row. Which tennis player won the first of her three Wimbledon singles titles with a 6-3-6-4 victory over Billie Jean King in 1963's final? Well, by virtue of the fact that she's the only female tennis player that I know of that era who isn't Billie Jean King, (laughs) uh, I'm going to go with Margaret Court. Margaret Court is correct. Two points. And we were doing so well. (laughs) And there's about a minute left in the quiz and we go across back over to... Andrew and Dan. Mm -hmm. Name this film a huge hit in 1963. It's based on a novel by Daphne du Maurier. It's directed by Alfred Hitchcock. And it stars Rod Taylor and Tippi Hedren. Oh, The Birds. The Uh, Birds, Dan. Very good, yes. Well done, Dan. (laughs) Which American artist, most famous for his work in the pop art style, had a very prolific year in 1963, producing nine paintings, including Bratatat, Crying Girl, Drowning Girl, Hopeless, and wham. Uh, um, uh, um, Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. Which golfer won the first of his six US Masters titles with a one stroke victory over Tony Lima in 1963? It'll be Arnold Palmer or it'll be. Mm. Yeah, it sounds right, doesn't it? Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. Oh, wrong. Mm. That's the wrong noise, I'm wrong. afraid. Just enough time to go across for the one-point mm. bonus, if you know it, Red Team. Yeah, we don't. Uh, 63. Uh, it's a bit early for Jack Nicholas. Uh, Jack Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. And it's right. Yes, it I'm is so indeed correct. And that brings us to the end of the programme. Mm. Well, uh, one team did very well in the final round. They did. Let's go to Clancy and we find out how well indeed. Blue team 17 points. Red team 26 points. 26 points to 17. Wow. wow. So you got 10 more than you had previously. So that is the end of that. Well, well done uh, to Mike and Michelle. Mm. Good win there for the red team. And we'll hopefully have you back on in the weeks ahead. Congratulations. Hard luck, Dan, and hard luck, Andrew. Ah, uh, sure. Hard luck, uh, the luck wasn't with us, but they played brilliantly. What can you say? Yeah, sure, look at the dude. That was a good finish. That was a good finish. Okay, uh, thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, there's a podcast extra coming up at the end of the program. So please stay tuned if you're listening on podcast. If you're listening on FM Radio, well, good night, and you can hear from us again <laughs> next week. Until then, have a good one, everyone. Have a good week, and goodbye.
podcast extra. Here, I've got two questions left that I didn't ask, so I'm just going to throw them out for now, right? Go on, shoot you, good thing. Okay. Which famous racehorse, particularly known for its battles with Arkell, won the 1963 Cheltenham Gold Cup? The horse shares its name with a Simpsons character whose middle name is Mussolini. Bloody hell. <laughs> Where do you get these questions from? Seriously. Sorry that one didn't get asked, but what can you do? No, we haven't done we haven't done I don't know. Any idea, Dan? I can't even think of a Simpsons character that would sound like a racehorse name. Sound just little out Mo Mo Mussolini Sislak. No, I don't yeah. think the horse called Mo Sislak. I feel it is Mo. The horse called Mo. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't. That's Andrew just being weird. <laughs> uh, the answer is uh, Millhouse. Oh. Oh. <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, so ah. we all went, oh. Although in the case of the Mil- horse, Mil- it's... Mil- Millhouse Mil- Mussolini Van Houten. That's right, yeah. That's his name. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I did not know that. <laughs> Next week on After the Fact. Your warm-up question for tonight is... <laughs> there are... Eight people who have won a Nobel Prize oh, who are Irish citizens. Mm. <laughs> okay, so we we'll go around the room and you have to give me a name of an Irish citizen who won a Nobel Prize. John Hume. Is correct. Linda. Uh-huh. Given I've only lived in Ireland for 4.5 years, I have absolutely no Irish Those name. these people are really famous outside of Ireland. Oh, Nobel Prize winner, Irish citizen. I'll maybe just try. What's his name? Um, <laughs> I've nothing in my brain. Pick someone. Uh, 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 Seamus Heaney. Yes. Correct. There you go. Oh, that was good. <laughs> she knew it all good. along. She was just. just she was stalling. just. She no, was I had Heaney, but I didn't have the Seamus part <laughs> you of it. Don't need the Seamus part. Give me a surname. Okay. Elaine. Are there eight all together? Eight. Yeah. Um. God. All Nobel Prizes, this is across now. Across, okay. I, I, I'm really uh, the lady. I all I can think, of, and she probably isn't the lady that does the Chernobyl things. Is it Ad Roach? Ad Roach, I'm afraid, is uh, not. Okay. You've lost a life. That's fine. WB Yates. WB Yates, correct. Now I was going to say that now because we had that in a quiz before. <laughs> you see. But now I'm now I'm now I'm stuck. See, she was pretending. Not to know. Know. No, I thought he was English. W. B. Yeats. You thought it, <gasps> d- d- How do you think that? I don't know. I've always just thought he was. But obviously, I'm wrong, and I'm sorry if I've, I've never even thought about it. If I have committed a, a really grave sin there, one I'm very his, sorry. One of his contemporaries listeners. won the Nobel Prize two years after he did. Oh. So. What about that one that wrote Ulysses? Is he one, or is that two? Can't remember his name. James Joyce. <laughs> oh, you can remember his name. Unfortunately, he's not a Nobel Prize winner, though. Why not? You're real you should have. Yeah. Well, okay. Right, Elaine. They I've a lost trick. a life. You've lost a life. Are they all writers, or what's the story going no, on here? No, but we have, it's true, we have won an awful lot in the literature category. Yeah. Did you not? Well. I'm thinking of the... thinking of the fop and the dandy. Oscar Wilde. I'm afraid <laughs> no. not. You're out, Elaine. Yeah, that's fine. Two lives gone. Anne. Uh, I'm kind of like, well, Anne's got the notepad and the pen out. It's very good. George Bernard Shaw. The correct. Uh, I really wasn't sure about there him. You go. Yeah. How good Great. is that? Linda, you're the only one left who can challenge Anne's 
runs the title here of the world. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. You're such a comedian, John. Jeez, um, I'm just writing down the answers because yeah. I'm learning something, you see. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, no, I, I've, apart from Heaney and Yeats, I don't have any other surnames. Can you think of any other Irish writers? Unless Marie Curie was Irish, but I don't think she was. There were a few scientists in there, I think, all right, and mathematician, but I can't remember their names. I have not a clue. I'm losing my... I'm forfeiting my life. OK, well then, uh, well done to Anne, who has won our warm-up round. I'll give you the full list of answers. Great. W.B. Yeats won Literature, 1923. Shaw, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. 1925, Literature. Ernest Walton, Physics, 1951. Yes, I didn't know him. Samuel Beckett, Literature, 1969. Oh, of course. Sean McBride won the Peace Prize, 1974. That's right. Who? Sean McBride. He was the founders of Amnesty International. Was he? Yeah. And his Seamus father was Major John McBride. He was from Westport. Seamus Heaney, Literature, 1995. Mm-hmm. I got that one. Well done. He did. I'm awful proud of myself. John Hume, Peace, 1998. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace, man. Peace out. And William C. Campbell. Physiology or Medicine 2015. That's right, I'd forgotten him.